Hi, I'm Dr. Ryan McWhorter, your host for Where's the Intimacy? I help couples develop intimacy that others envy, building relationships that stand to demonstrate to their children what a fantastic relationship is all about, and it's particularly for those who just rolled their eyes. You'll get a mix of my personal insights on changing why four out of five women are missing intimacy in their relationships as we talk and have discussions with experts who can lead the way. If you're curious to learn more about developing a much-needed intimacy, then this show is for you. And if you like what you hear, be sure and share it with someone you care about. Most likely, they need it. Okay, in the next 10 minutes, I want to show you that you may be feeling worse than you should, and we can probably see it with a special look at your labs. Hi, I'm Dr. Ryan McWhorter, and I will be discussing what labs I like to get when I have a patient in my office called Alabama Functional Medicine, where we focus on women's pelvic care. How are labs related to restoring intimacy, you might ask? Well, you can't do good if you don't feel good, and he can't either. These labs I discuss really do affect how we feel, and how we feel affects everything about a relationship and what we're able to put into it. At the end of this podcast, you'll have a good overview on what are the labs that are important and a little on how I look at the values and what they could mean to the patient. Before we get started on discussing my approach to lab work, let me say that at the bottom of this podcast, I will list the labs so you won't have to take notes, or for a list and how I read the results which may be even more helpful, how, how I read these results on our patients, email us at info at alabamafunctionalmedicine.com, and we'll be happy to email you that list. But let's talk about what is normal for a lab. What are normal ranges? Well, generally, next year labs will be what's called the reference range. And you need to know how that range is determined because it comes from all the other people getting labs all averaged out. For instance, if it's from a hospital, those people will be a lot sicker. And if it's from a college campus, those people will be relatively healthy. But you need to know, too, that a lot of people that are ill out there affect what normal levels are. For example, if one in five people have a deficiency in B12, you can see how the reference range is off. I never want to compare my patients to average. I want to compare them to the really healthy and happy people. Being normal but low on B12 can be a terrible existence. This is one of the labs I want to be high normal. Why wouldn't you? It's safe, it's non-toxic, and you need a, um, a, normal, a high normal B12 to have vibrant energy. And, and same with him. So a great case in point. One day, I, me, the doctor, dropped an empty coffee cup from my hand before I poured coffee in it. Kind of weird. Next Sunday, same thing. Next Sunday, third cup. So I drop one three weeks in a row, and I now I'm 100% sure I have a neuropathy. I never remember dropping one ever in my life before. I checked my own B12 in the office the next morning, and my B12 was normal. Or was it? You see, it wasn't where I really wanted it for patients. Although in the normal range, it was in the bottom of that range. It was as, as if I was passing, but I was getting a D- and nowhere near an A+. At that time, I treated myself with a B12 shot. I never dropped another cup. But interestingly, I also no longer got tongue twisted reading Dr. Seuss or Shel Silverstein books to my children. My energy improved. I feel like my brain got more clear. I may have changed my d- dementia risk. Pretty important to be ideal and not normal, isn't it? It made all the difference in the world. Give me ideal any day over normal. Never compare yourself to sick people when you want to feel great. Look for ideal 
never just normal in the following labs. The most basic labs make sure my patient isn't anemic or having kidney or liver problems or diabetes or suffering from common deficiencies. A lot of people have had these if you've been to a doctor and get labs or if you've ever had blood work in the ER at an urgent care. At this point you should know that these are going to just get a glance. The doctor or nursing staff is looking at these as just high or low. You're going to get, on an, av you're going to get an average of seven minutes with that doctor. So they won't be able to do a lot of pondering and that is seven minutes total. That includes talking to the patient, examining the patient, reviewing the lab work, ordering more tests, getting a referral. It is really just a glance. Outside of the obvious in the otherwise healthy female population, I'm looking at the subtle changes that might show signs of a digestive issue or energy production or nutrient deficiency, which will have a huge bearing on our well-being. These are not rare problems. As I stated at the start, you likely have one of these and they can have a dramatic impact on one's energy, sex drive, or tendency to bond with others, and ultimately her relationships and her inability to take care of herself or her family. The most routine of labs are a CBC, a metabolic panel, an A1C, cholesterol, urinalysis. These are the labs that essentially everyone has had. The first thing outside of those I would like to add is a ferritin and the iron, as they can be low and cause symptoms even if someone is not necessarily anemic. Iron levels and iron stores themselves, each, can really affect how a person feels and even relate to others. Women with their iron loss with each monthly cycle, and especially compounded with the low thyroid tendency they might have, can really have their energy affected. It is a very common finding. I had a lady this past week who got her iron up by working on digestion, and she said now she felt like Superwoman. Her words. Complete dud before and now superwoman, just with iron. So iron and ferritin both are important in dropping off oxygen at the tissue level. And oxygen delivery is huge in how someone feels. Also, low iron, in turn, can cause thyroid to really slow down. And then even crazier is low thyroid causes a poor iron absorption. Kind of a chicken and the egg problem. When that happens, though, your standard thyroid labs can look absolutely perfect. I've learned to go beyond the TSH and the T4 and check the free T3, the reverse T3, and the thyroid antibodies as a minimum. It really is impossible for me to imagine taking care of patients without checking more thyroid labs at times. The, th the thyroid really has been beaten up through the last decades. Evidence is piling up that toxins are to blame. Deficiencies in nutrition lead to low function. Stress is a factor as well. The liver has a huge role in making the thyroid hormone into the active T3. And T3 is what gets the job done, not T4. T3 is what tissues listen to. Another additional lab we want is a vitamin D. Vitamin D in the 50 to 70 range is just huge for a lot of prevention, prevention of, of diseases. Cancer, heart disease, depression, anxiety. There's, it's almost an endless list. Flu prevention is another one just comes to mind since we're in the middle of flu season right now. In some patients, we even want it closer to 100, particularly autoimmune patients, autistic patients. This typically requires, um, to get to these levels, it requires initial sunlight or a vitamin D supplement. Most of my patients are on vitamin D. It should also include vitamin K2, since almost everyone lacks this important vitamin. It is now almost completely missing in our diet. How would you know if you're low in K2? 
Well, a quick one, quick way to know if your kid's teeth were not straight, you were missing it. A third nutritional supplement that I am convinced many women are missing, and it is a little bit debatable, is iodine. In fact, iodine is what makes the three and the four I was mentioning earlier in the T3 and the T4. A T3 has three iodines, a T4 has four iodines. But iodine is also important in the testosterone entering the cells. The vitamin D we sell has all three of these together, D3, the K2, and the iodine. I love it when we get three birds with one stone. Another very common problem, maybe 70% of people, a little higher in men, but is the, is <clears throat> we're missing magnesium at, at ideal doses. Maybe three out of four affected, with hundreds of body processes affected. You simply must know your RBC or red blood cell magnesium, or better yet, just supplement with it. Common symptoms can be leg cramps, constipation, palpitations, headaches, trouble sleeping, anxiousness. These are common. They're in just almost everyone we see on a daily basis. Know your magnesium level, and particularly your RBC magnesium level. <clears throat> level. CRP is another one we get. It's a, it's a blood test. It's a marker for inflammation. and something we want to figure out. What is behind the CRP? You have to know. Something's behind it. Usually you can figure it out. When you figure it out, you lower your risk for lots of problems. It's made by the liver when the liver is, I, I say, overwhelmed or seeing a lot, of ish, a lot of things in the bloodstream. For instance, one of them can be a tooth problem. It's a very common issue. Or it can be leaky gut. In a leaky gut, a lot of toxins are entering the system and the liver is seeing the, the brunt of the problem. Another thing, two things, very, very important, you might have had these, these are pretty routine, is a B12 and a folate. I think Dr. Ben Lynch taught me that those are used 27 septillion times a day. It's an impossible number of zeros. 70% of people do not have the ability or, or the tendency to break down folic acid ideally. Folic acid is not the ideal form of vitamin B9, known as folate. When that's true, that tendency can lead to headaches, anxiety, fatigue, and it's important to know. A simple supplement can really fix those folks. There's a related homocysteine. It's evidence that those um, nutrients are not available in substantial amounts. So a high homocysteine, anything over eight, is suspect. I want to know those. You want to know those. Mine was elevated when my B12 was, was normal. That would have been a huge clue. So a GGT is next. That's uh, made typically by the liver. It uh, is reflective of gallbladder disease. But when that's okay, we really are thinking about toxins. It's, it's showing us your toxin burden is really redlined. When I see an elevated microalbumin and creatinine ratio, that's making me think kidney function. And those are much earlier typically than the standard labs I mentioned above that everybody's had. Those are very inexpensive. I think this, this last one, microalbumin, I think that's like $5 or less. 
Another one I'll get is um, called IGF-1 or somatomedin. And basically that's testing for growth hormone function. We really can't test for growth hormone. But growth hormone is very, very important. It's called that because it's elevated with, with teenagers and their growing bodies. But think of it as a youthful hormone, something that gives you great skin, muscles, lean bodies, energy. When it's normal, you feel great. When it's not, you don't. So to repeat, and kind of basically what I'm saying is it's fairly often that a woman has low iron and a subsequent low thyroid picture. Both of these are possible without any abnormality in commonly ordered labs. Symptoms are all over the map and highly variable, but a classic picture is thinning hair, cold hands, low temperature, and a low sex drive and just no energy. Sometimes it means difficulty losing weight, but she can be very thin as well. This woman may even have some sex drive, but will just not have the energy to work on a relationship, especially after work and housekeeping, being with kids, etc. Unfortunately, this quality downtime that a healthy sex life brings is really missing and yet part of the treatment. One of the ways to help the thyroid is through de-stressing, having some precious downtime. If sex feels like work, something is wrong. This will improve another hormone that everyone is talking about, and that's cortisol. Cortisol is really important. I'll usually check this one at some point as well. A timed cortisol throughout the day using salivary or urinary hormones will help give the picture whether a woman has a good dose for energy in the morning and then at night to see if it falls appropriately as she makes melatonin to help her get a deep restorative sleep. You see cortisol and melatonin are opposite. Cortisol is a daytime hormone basically and melatonin is the nighttime version. And melatonin is helping clean our brain, detox our bodies, and under the influence of it we're making restorative hormones. We're, we're getting deep restorative sleep. If melatonin has helped you sleep, you likely have a need for more downtime and, and thus a lower evening cortisol. And sleep is a most underrated vital sign. I'm not kidding. I would almost rather know how many hours of good sleep you get than your blood pressure. If you get eight good hours without sleep apnea or your husband snoring or what have you, I can almost watch your health will be good. Even if nothing else changes, just changing the sleep can drastically um, improve your health. There's a second and secret vital sign I want to know that you won't believe. I'll discuss that later. And no, it's not exercise, although, although that is a very good one. I think this one is actually more important. So building on what I can gather on the woman with the above and the way I think, I want to know all, the, all those above that I just mentioned before I want to know these following hormones known as sex hormones or male-female hormones. The above need to be known before a lot can be made out of the following hormones. These are the hormones of initial interest. Interestingly, some of the above hormone, some of the above are hormones like thyroid, cortisol, growth hormone. But now I'm talking specifically about estrogen and progesterone and testosterone. And yes, I certainly mean testosterone in women. A little known fact is that a woman's testosterone is at least three times higher than her female hormone called estradiol. The fact is testosterone is just as important in a woman's life as a man's. Typically a woman's level is one-tenth of a man's level. Her receptors are very sensitive to it, however. Testosterone receptors are where the testosterone lands and does its thing. Floating around isn't any good. It has to land somewhere and affect change in those tissues. For a given dose, a woman will get a bump in sex drive with just very little. In general, when we insert pellets, 
A woman will get one, while a man will get eight pellets of testosterone or more. An interesting thing has happened, too. The average level of testosterone, when you look at the literature, has been falling steadily since the 1980s. There has been about a 60% drop in those years. This has profound importance for the patient in front of me. This is especially true when you can't figure out why she is tired or has a low libido or where sex is not pleasurable anymore. I get asked daily, what level should I be at? I always answer that I like base labs to be high normal. When that is true and she still suffers and is hurting or her relationship is sputtering or she could care less about sex, I always say that I would like to see her levels like a 1980s woman. This doesn't necessarily need replacement, but a close look at what are the reasons. How can this be restored? We will talk about that in a later episode. We will also talk about its importance. So in summary, the biggest keys, we want ideal labs, not normal labs. For my patients, we want a T3 in the upper normal range, and we want testosterone in the range that eliminates symptoms and is typically in the upper 25%. We want an optimized B12 and folate in the high normal range. Especially in thyroid patients, we do not want a low iron. So the research backs up these thoughts. Now getting back to normal, we will explore in future episodes as well as to take a look at why are so many people abnormal? What is the malfunction about? In short, we will talk about how to fix it. Again, for those who would like a review of these labs and where I, where I like to get our patients, then just email, email us at info at Alabama Functional Medicine and we'll be happy to send it. One other thought before I go, there are cash labs available now in bigger cities. You can get them, you can order them yourself, and you know can be very helpful as you, as you try to um, figure yourself out. All doctors, nearly all doctors, really care and want you to, um, and want to help you. You just have to be mindful of the fact that they just have a few minutes, and when you get them way off of their normal um, labs, it, it may not work as much. But these are affordable. If you got everything I just said above, it might not even be $250, but typically you wouldn't need all those. But anyhow, I hope this helps you. Um, I think they're very important. I think whoever's listening has probably, um, I think most people that are listening are affected by one of the above, and that is a big number. I certainly was. My wife has been. I've had children affected by it. The average patient who walks in my door, we find problems in their in their labs. So I hope this helps, helps get you um, pointed in the right direction. Thank you for listening. Please share and, and subscribe if you like what you hear. Thank you much. You have been listening to the podcast, Where's the Intimacy with Dr. Ryan McWhorter, where we are fixing the lack of intimacy problems in our relationships. The problems are real, but the solutions are highly effective. This will be a safe but mature discussion of just how to solve the very real problem of lack of intimacy. Please subscribe to receive further episodes and share with those you care most about.